figure out that your stories regarding money, change them. Change them consciously. Reiterate it over and over and over and over again to the point where you believe it because you're starting to see it. Find somebody who is proof that your new beliefs are reality. You dedicated your life. You accumulated the loans and the letters. Your saving lines. Time to save your own. You know you're already successful, but you want more. You want your time back. You want financial freedom and the ability to do what you love from anywhere. This is just for you. Come inside the Flip the Prescription podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kylie. We start in three, two, one. What if I told you that one of the key reasons to your success or failure is your relationship with money? I had no clue this was the case until I started asking people for money in business. I couldn't ask for it. I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't receive it. It was like near impossible for me to even communicate about any type of number, whether it be a dollar, hundred dollars, or a thousand, let alone I'm talking about a million, multiple millions down and expecting it to come. There's been several key pieces to my journey in upgrading my relationship with money. The first piece is to identify what your stories are regarding money. For example, as a kid, or even now, how many times did you hear, money does not grow on trees? When you hear these things, you have to immediately rewrite them and change the story about money, change your beliefs about money. So that way it becomes easy to ask for, easy to receive, and easy to talk about. No matter what, how many zeros are on the number. So money doesn't grow on trees. Well, actually it does grow on trees because money is made from paper and paper comes from trees. Rewrite all the stories. How many times did you were, were you told as a child, you know, you can't have that, it's too expensive. So now we're believing, wait, we can't get what we want. How many times did you hear you have to work hard to get money? If that was truly the case, everybody in Africa would be filthy rich. What is the case is that you need to work smarter with your money, with your time, with your expertise. Those people who work smarter, they're the ones who have true wealth. And they're the ones who have the freedom of time. They're the ones who have the freedom of finances. Not the ones who are working harder. And early on in my, in my practice, it was so hard for me, even right now, like my husband's a construction guy. He owns his own roofing company. And he's um, progressed a lot too. You know, I believe that when I heal, I work on our money trauma and he works on uh, other types of trauma. And together we heal them both for our family. Uh, his worth is tied up in how much he's able to produce during the day. My worth early on was I was like, you know, I have to be able to be, I need to be working in order to make money. That's a belief. That's a story we were, we were growing up, growing up told, being told, no matter for who it was from. So I have to rewrite it. Like, wait a second. I get to make money. I get to have this money just comes to me easily. Money comes to me easily and frequently, and I created the business structure to do it. You know, I used to panic. 
about any type of money going out, you know, spending it on anything and like almost causing anxiety because you didn't know if it was going to come back. I'm sure you guys can resonate with this at some point in your life. You know, as a college student, I lived off of $500 for a semester. That included all my food and all my gas. And um, I was tra- I would drive between Cedar City and, and Hurricane in southern Utah to coach volleyball every single day. And Chloe's smiling. You're on the video. Yeah, huh? You agree. It's very important to have your, your money upgraded, your relationship with money upgraded. Your mindset upgraded. Anything you do about money, the way you talk about it, the way you treat it, the way you, the decisions you make, like everything has to change. But the first step is to identify those stories that you've grown up being believing. So start to figure out what it is that you are told. Sometimes you'll know, sometimes you won't even know what's underlying. The second step would be to place yourself in rooms, physical and virtual, where money is talked about differently. I cannot tell you how many times I deliberately did this in 2020, 2021, and 2022. I still do it now. I joined the mastermind simply because I wanted the higher money mindset. I wanted to be able to talk about money in ways that nobody around me could, I would dare talk about it with. So I needed to put myself in that virtual space. And sometimes we go to the in-person events, but where no matter what number came out of my mouth, no matter what, how much money I was making or my sales process, like nobody judged, nobody cared. In fact, they were rooting you on to do more. So number two requirement is to put yourself in those spaces where money is talked about differently. Decisions about money are made differently. Um, the, the relationship with money is treated differently. I remember one uh, mastermind I went to there's an event in Tampa, Florida. And those of us who are at this table started talking about credit cards and 0% interest credit cards and how many times we leverage them for our business. And, uh, you know, that was something that was new because I had grown up being told by many people in the community and all around me that debt was a bad thing. And you should only get into debt for school and for a house. Maybe a car if you need, like absolutely needed to. And then paying off cars and and cash was a was a you know something that was never done. If you were really wealthy, if you could do that. But growing up, debt was bad. And I cannot tell you how many times since that conversation in the room when my eyes were open to realize, wait a second, in order to get to that next level, in order to change my family's future in order to change that relationship with money i have to start making decisions differently with money and it's okay to utilize debt it's okay to utilize credit cards i mean i have a sixty-five thousand dollar credit card limit i am dang proud of it and we get it about every single month and i pay it off every single month sixty-five thousand dollars and i want to get to a point where it's like a hundred thousand so that way i don't have to keep paying it off while i'm running out and yeah, that's right, huh, Chloe. I'm working on it. Um, so that was an eye-opening situation with me where I, I physically flew out to Tampa. was not convenient. These things are never convenient. But if you want to change, you do unconvenient things. You put yourself in those room very, very deliberately. 
also in this room, we started talking about, I think it was the same trip, actually. Uh, we started talking about Dave Ramsey and his method of money and mindset. And it's so interesting because none of us believe that he practices what he preaches. He's wealthy. Wealthy people don't do that. They don't pay off one chunk at a time. And the first time I realized this was different was I was talking to a mentor at one point in my life. And he was a millionaire, a multiple millionaire. And he's like, oh, I still have student loans. Like, why the heck do you have student loans? Why? Like, when I get out of school, that's the first thing we all want to do is tackle those dang student loans. But in reality, when he wrote his response was, oh, it's cheap money. Wait a second. Not only do I have to figure out what I've been told growing up about money and those people around me how they're talking about it and change everything I once believed about money, I have to put myself in the rooms in which it's changing. But now, number three, you're going to start making decisions about money differently. You know, 18-year-old me would have been, would have never pulled the trigger on a credit card, 0% credit card in order to utilize that, those funds to grow a business. That was bad. You don't do that kind of stuff. You know how many times I've done it? At least four. Since I've done it and I recommend to other people, I don't do, um, I don't do those, whatever those credit card places, credit things are where people can utilize those credit, like care credit, things like that. I don't do that stuff. There are so many different ways people can find money if they really want to. And 0% credit cards are one of them. I've done it so many times myself. Utilize that 0% for 18 months to be able to build something out and earn more money from it. So number one, figure out your stories regarding money. Change them. Change them consciously. Reiterate it over and over and over and over again to the point where you believe it because you're starting to see it. Find somebody who is proof that your new beliefs are reality. Number two, it is a requirement to put yourself in the right rooms, to put yourself in the virtual spaces, to put yourself in the physical rooms. And that may also mean you have to leave other rooms. That might mean you have to change the radio station when a song comes on and they're talking in a way, a way about money that you don't need to hear. That might mean there are people inside the room you're in, family reunion or whatever it is, that are negatively talking about money, and you have to physically leave the room. That is a requirement. And then number three, you must make decisions about money differently. The Dave Ramsey method, whatever, or Susie Orman, I think is her name, though that does not work for the wealthy. It's never worked for me. In fact, I, when I realized this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought something was wrong with me the whole time because I've never been a budgeter. I hate budgeting. I've never sat down, mapped out my checking account, like dotted all my I's and crossed my T's. Like, never have. I probably never will. What I do do is I say, okay, what do I want to make? What do I need to have in excess? So after I pay everything off, what's my desired number? And then I say, okay, now that I got the number, how do I get it? How do I bring that to me? How do I track that? What kind of business decisions do I need to make in order for me to have the freedom of my time plus 
the freedom of the finances. And when you start opening up doors of thinking, how can I bring more in? How can I make the 30000 a month? How can I bring in the 100000 a month? Heck, why not the million dollar a month? Hey, how can I do that? Instead of saying, oh, I need to, I need to cringe down. I need to buckle down. I need to only work within my means. I want to expand and I'm going to open up to what other means can come in. I like to call that magic money. Where it's not restricted to budgeting or like a magic budget. Something where it's more expansive versus scarcity mode. When you're trying to work within a strict budget, that is a scarcity mode. That is you trying to work within the umbrella. When you're like, you know what? I don't want to work within the umbrella. I believe that I'm going to make decisions based upon me being open to expanding my money situation. So I had, I had around like $240,000 loans when I graduated school. That was my number one thing was like, I don't pay off the loans, you know? I'm going to touch them. And it's been, yeah, it's been seven years. Now, granted, the last three years, they've been 0% interest. So it's like, now there's really no point in paying them off. Um, and when I go to think about it, now it's around 250000 And I'm like, wait a second. I don't want to dump that money in the drain. The only thing that hurts is that, for example, we want to go and when we go to mortgage, they pull a mortgage on the house and they look at me and they're like, we don't want nothing to do with you because you have too many student loans. Okay, it's fine. I'll go with the cash payment. That's the only part where is that one that sucks is because, well, the bank hates us entrepreneurs anyway. So we made it. We so bad. Not Chloe. But it's so much easier for me now to say, wait, if I could put my money in a place that's going to grow interest faster and just simply work the numbers and maybe have, like have an asset to to sell in 10 years or whatever, that's where I want to put the money, not down this hole in which we were told that this student loan debt is bad and we got to get rid of it fast. Like, no, 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 no. That's not how the wealthy think. The wealthy all have their student loans still. If they have them, right? Um, so that's the, a third aspect is you have to make money decisions differently. And then I think this will be the last thing I, I talk about in, in regards to this specific episode on money is money is a currency. And when you detach yourself from money, it becomes free. I will give you the exact moment I felt like I'd finally detached myself from money. I was building a website and I was doing all the, you know, the webinars to the registration pages for the webinars to the sales pages for the automated courses. Cause you know, that's how everybody said that you made money in your sleep and that's what I wanted. So I tried it and it, it failed drastically, but there was a, one point where I got an invoice from my website designer, who I probably gave over $50,000 to, to build this website that did absolutely nothing just because my my processes were crap. Had nothing to do with her. It was just my processes were terrible. So the invoice was for $3,000. And and I got on the PayPal to pay because that's what we did. And I was like, oh, hey, look, there's money in my PayPal account. And then I texted her this and I said, Oh, wait, now the money's yours. 
that to me was the freeing moment of I am no longer attached to this $3,000. It's just the there. It's a number sitting on a screen. And I'm just shuffling the numbers around. That was the moment that I became free from attachment. So create a moment for you if you haven't done so already. And understand that money is a currency. Money is current. And you want to keep the current flowing. Just this morning, as we are putting um, these lights on our house, these permanent lights on the house, right? I've always wanted to have Christmas lights on my house, and these ones are permanent, so it's perfect. But my husband and I have been going, been going back and forth. Now, I'm the kind of girl that makes decisions and just moves forward with it. So he does all of the construction stuff where it's like you want to bring in a couple of people to get bids because I would just literally choose the first person who showed up my house and gave, gave me a bid and I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I don't care, really care what the number is. Again, it's a number and I believe it's all going to come to me now. And I'm going to keep that current flowing. I'm going to keep that moving. You better believe it. So we're on our way to go pick up my car from getting its brakes redone. And he's like, I was going to take you out to breakfast. This is literally his words. I didn't take you out to breakfast, but I'm so mad at you right now. I don't think I can sit across the table from you. <laughs> I said, okay, that's cool. I was even called an hour anyway, so that's fine. And the reason why he was so mad at me in the moment was because we had, we, he brought over a couple of different companies to look at the lights and give us a bid, right? And this was a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, well, I'll just do it myself. I'll save us, you know, $3,000. He's a rover. He can do it himself. In my head, I roll my eyes because I know that's never going to happen. But whatever, that's his decision. I'll just find. Now it's near Christmas. And he's getting irritated with me because we're going to pay for a premium price. So we want it done before Christmas. Correction, I want it done before Christmas. He would rather wait until January when he can get it or $1,500 off. And was it the money that was irritating him? It was the fact that I didn't care. I didn't care that we were spending an extra $1,500 just so I could have it now. Now, well, in reality, if he would have just done this a few weeks ago, then we would have I've had that, even, that as an issue because you would have just done it when you should have. But anyways, so he was really mad at me that I didn't care about this $1,500. Now, here's the thing. It's correct. It's going to come. I'm going to send it out, allowing more to come in. I'm going to open up my arms and receive as much money as that wants to come. And when I first was, was experiencing this type of current, and I'm seeing that there's bigger numbers going out the door. At first, it was a little scary, and I'm not going to lie. It's like always scary. Like I had texted out my team members, and I have over 35,000 and invoices I need to pay them out. I need to give it to them today. So I was like, oh man, 35000 going on my credit card in a day. So it's all, no matter what the numbers are, it's just you believe in the currency, you follow it, you know it's true, and you just believe that money's going to come back to you multiplied. So whenever I started working through with an S, I would say, every time I spend money, it comes back to me multiplied. Now I eliminate two words from my vocabulary. Spend and expensive. 
When you spend, you feel like you've lost something. That's not true. You've never lost it. You've always gotten something in return. It's just an energy exchange. That's all money is, is an energy exchange. Number two, expensive. When you deem something as expensive or cheap, you, that is your opinion. So, so say you're buying, you know, you always go to the grocery store and you buy the great value at Walmart because it's cheap. Well, somebody else is always going to buy the brand because to them that's cheap. Don't put your opinion on money. If money were a pit, were a person, treat it like a person who you want to have around. And saying things like expensive, just get it out of your vocabulary. Because that's your opinion. That's somebody else's opinion. My little boy, he always talks about wanting a GMC and a Ferrari when he grows up. And I have never, ever, ever said anything about what the price tag would be on those individual vehicles. I want him to know that he's worth everything he ever wants. And there's only been one time that I can recall where someone said, you better make a lot of money because those are expensive. That's your opinion. To somebody who's a multimillionaire and they need to, they want a Ferrari, they're going to go buy a Ferrari. It's not expensive to them. That would be like a Rolls Royce or whatever the heck those really expensive cars are. I don't even know. But then there we go, expensive. Because to somebody else, it's not expensive. It's just what you believe or what you feel money is worth. So get rid of those two words from your vocabulary. Make decisions about money differently. Make them like a wealthy person would. Make them as if you're already making seven figures. Make them as if you're already making uh, six figures, whatever it is. But you can't make them the same way you've been making them if you want things to change. I've made some crazy decisions about money that people would around me would balk at. But I wanted things to change, so I needed to change the way I made decisions. Dave Ramsey and Steve uh, Susie Orman, those are not the methods that wealthy use. If you want to use those, then stay stuck in the places you're stuck in. If you want to expand, plus with 0% credit cards. I can't tell you an entrepreneur who hasn't done it. Put yourself in the rooms that you need to be put yourself into. And last but not least, remember the stories you've been told. Figure those out and rewrite them. That's my secret to upgrading my relationship with money. And uh, I would highly recommend you come join one of my programs and put yourself in the right room where it is safe to talk about no matter what number the dollar sign has in front of it. All right. Until next time. February. It's going to be a big month. For those of you who have never attended my free CBC intensive, it's happening again on February 15th. This is your personal invitation. So sign up, register. It's free. It's live. It's the most favorite thing practitioners love because I'm going to teach you what's included or what's hidden inside the CBC. Five golden markers that will change everything about your patient care. That is happening again on February 15th. Register at drkyleeburton.com slash cbc-intensive. Now also happening in February, the doors are opening to our 90-day functional blood work specialist program. 
This is our signature program for all of us colleagues, practitioners, clinicians of all backgrounds, where I'll be teaching you all of the blood work and uh, giving you the biggest business tips that are crucial to having a successful virtual platform. You can get all the details and join us before February 29th when doors close as we will begin live together in March at drkylieburton.com slash 90. All right, y'all. Those are two incredible things happening. Jump on the free workshop if you could join us live. Awesome. If not, register anyway so you get the replay. And then if you're feeling called to that 90-day program, it is huge. Come join us, drkylieburton.com slash 90. And I'll see you on the inside.